Welcome to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Elizabeth. Thanks for joining us today. Elizabeth, we were just talking to a group of farmers last week, if you recall. Someone mentioned the weather outlook for Tar Spot, and they didn't think it looked very favorable, right? Yeah, Erin was saying we were going to have fairly dry conditions. Yeah, so while we were finding some Tar Spot, they didn't think it was going to be that big a deal. But then we had all those unexpected storms that rolled through. And I think that changed the picture quite a bit. Yeah, I don't know what was more impressive. All the videos of the lightning or the fact that some parts of the state picked up over five inches of rain. Yeah, it's insane. Tar spot, if you haven't heard about it before, it's a new disease of corn that was first reported in Ohio in 2018. And since then, we've been tracking the spread and the impacts each season. This is the time of year that symptoms appear usually, so late summer, and we have already started getting reports from around the state of it showing up in fields. But because tar spot is so new to Ohio, we invited Dr. Stephanie Karhoff to join us today to share what you need to know about tar spot now that the game has changed with all this wet weather. So Stephanie, could you introduce yourselves to our listeners? Hey, thanks, Amanda. Thanks, Elizabeth. Great to join you today. My name is Stephanie Karhoff. I'm a field specialist in agronomic systems for Ohio State Extension, uh, located out of Northwest Ohio, but with responsibilities across the state. So you're kind of up there in the epicenter of where tar spots started in the state. So I think you're probably one of the top experts we have on what it looks like on the ground. Could you just give us an overview about tar spot? So tar spot, it's caused by a fungal pathogen uh, called Phylacora matus. So it first detected in Indiana and Illinois back in 2015, but late in the season. So there wasn't a good idea about what kind of impact it could have on yield. And the thought was being that it came up from some tropical storms, bringing it from Central Latin America up to the Corn Belt region here in the United States. And then like you and Amanda mentioned, we saw it in Ohio first in 2018 and then in a big way in 2021. So that was where I think we saw a lot more um, incidents and then a lot more severity in those fields. So it being a relatively new disease and having that ability under the right conditions, the right hybrid to really take off. I think it's been a top conversation topic with growers, just those two attributes alone. So really growers need to stay vigilant when they're scouting those fields, especially those that are not quite at the dough stage here. So Steph, what should we be looking for when we're scouting for tar spot? So when scouting for tar spot, looking for small black raised spots on that corn leaf. They can also be on the husk later on in the season. So walking your corn field, if you've had a history of tar spot in that field or neighboring field, focusing probably on that lower canopy first to see those uh, stromata is what those tiny black dots are. And that's actually the fungal structure that's going to allow it to produce spores to spread. So it's going to be small black raised spots. And early in the season, it's easy to confuse it with insect frass or poop. But one really easy test to kind of differentiate the two is just to wipe it down, you know, with a wetted thumb and rub it off. And if it rubs off easily, that's insect frass. Um, that insect poop is also going to have more of a shiny iridescent appearance. Whereas that stromata, it's going to be embedded into that leaf surface. It won't be able to be scratched off. And you'll be able to see it slightly on the underside of the leaf too. And then later in the season, it is pretty easy to misdiagnose 
tar spot with some of our rust diseases. And the big difference between those teleospores that the rust diseases can produce later in the season that are black as well are those rust lesions with the teleospores. They'll rupture and you'll be able to scratch them off as well. Whereas once again, those stromata won't be able to be scratched off with your fingernail. Yeah, the name tar spot is so fitting for this disease. I remember the first year I saw it was in 2021. And yeah, there's some things you can confuse it with, but if it doesn't scrape off, it's hard to mistake because it really looks exactly like what you would expect if they were repaving the road and splashed some tar onto the corn leaves as they were driving by. It looks exactly like tar. So we talked up front about the weather and how we switched from thinking that the conditions weren't going to be favorable to this rainfall event really changing everyone's minds on how concerned we should be about it. So Steph, could you talk about how this massive rainfall event last week is going to affect the spread this season? Yeah, so if we stay in this pattern where we do have rainfall and leaf wetness, that is going to favor more disease development and um, more reproduction from that pathogen. So tar spot really needs that leaf wetness for about seven hours at minimum. And it also likes it slightly cooler. So probably last week, maybe a little bit too hot during the daytime. Um, and then nighttime temperatures, uh, depending on where you fell in that range, could have hurt, could have maybe benefited that pathogen. So leaf wetness, slightly cooler conditions, and then humidity are really the three big environmental factors that tar spot needs to to make an impact in, in that field. So this morning, I noticed a lot of heavy dew down in my area. I imagine those cornfields were pretty wet. That kind of thing will help it be able to spread across the corn plant. Exactly. So if you're trying to prioritize fields, I would prioritize those that are maybe um, near river bottoms or maybe some valleys, like you said, that hold on to that dew a little bit longer into the morning, um, especially the cornfields that were planted later. And those that are in a no-till or minimum tillage environment or have a field history of tar spot in that field or a neighboring field, since those spores can uh, travel from the wind to a neighboring field are all, I would say, high priority fields to scout if you still have time to make a fungicide decision. So when we're thinking about managing, how severe, what do we expect the yield impacts are going to be on tar spot? So parts of Indiana where they had high disease severity and they saw it early enough in the season that it was able to make a real impact on grain fill period, they were seeing, you know, up to 50 bushel per acre lost and primarily impacting that corn plant by reducing that green leaf area, which we know is going to reduce photosynthesis. And, and that's just going to impact every step of that grain fill period where now we're going to have kernel abortion or loss of that kernel depth or weight. And then in real severe conditions later on in the season at harvest, we can have standability issues where now we're having stock lodging because of that plant being diseased um, and infected by the, the fungal pathogen causing tar spot. So has the potential with the right environment, right hybrid, uh, especially irrigated fields or those river bottom fields where you had that leaf wetness period that it needs, it can, you know, cause severe yield damages. Um, but with that said, you know, if you hit that, if the disease progresses later on and it's past that 
initial grain fill period, then we're not going to see as as significant of yield losses um, as they've seen in the past few years. So it really comes down to how soon is it going to infect our cornfields. And down here in central Ohio, it seems to come in late enough, at least in previous years, where we are maybe at dent already. So it doesn't have time to have a huge impact. Have you seen trends with it coming in earlier yet into Ohio up in your area? So last year I saw in my area uh, the first week of August and that field was at blister stage when it first started. We actually had an on-farm trial at that field and we didn't see any significant yield differences. We had um, a fungicide on-farm study at that field. And we didn't see any significant differences in yield uh, between the untreated and those that did have a fungicide. And it may be that the disease came on too late. It could also be that maybe the fungicide wasn't the correct timing that we needed um, for that tar spot control. Uh, This year, I saw it for the first time about August 8th in Northwest Ohio and walking cornfields this morning, actually. And we're at early dense stage in this field and look at the ear leaf, probably about 1% or less severity of that tar spot. So for this example, this field, I wouldn't expect a huge yield impact from tar spot since it came on later. But that's a different story if maybe you had mid-May planted corn that's out right now and that disease does have a bigger impact since it can hit it earlier in that growth cycle for the corn. Yeah, so it sounds like it's really important to, again, prioritize those later planted fields when you're scouting and especially take into consideration maybe what we consider later planted this year is a little bit earlier because of the shortened GDDs that we've had so far. So like you said, Steph, those mid-May planted fields may be some of the ones that you take a look at. So if you do find fields that you're concerned about, Um, and you think that they are still in a stage where you might have yield impacts, what are the recommendations to manage tar spot and manage that risk of yield loss? So in season, they found the best success with fungicide applications when they're in between castling to R2. So that's why I say if it's past R3, that dose stage, fungicide really isn't going to benefit us. But if we are at R3 or earlier, and tar spots present, especially if you've got field history of tar spot and you've got the right weather forecast. We talked about that leaf wetness being a prime driver of that infection. That's when I would I would encourage folks to start considering that fungicide application, uh, keeping in mind that a, a multiple mode of action fungicide is going to do a better job against tar spot than those with only one mode of action. Research out of Purdue did look at two applications of fungicide in one season, and there can be benefit to that, but it needs to be a really high disease environment to warrant that second fungicide application. So if you've already made an application, say at tasseling, and now you're in a field that's at R2 and you are seeing tar spot and you do have the right forecast for more disease development in a field that has history of it, especially those that are in a no-till or corn-on-corn environment where you have higher inoculum levels to start with. I'd encourage folks then to look at the calendar and if you are past two weeks from that tassel fungicide application, then you can start thinking about that second fungicide application. Um, But like I said, that's really only going to 
pay off and benefit you in a very high disease environment. So most guys who made that tassel application of fungicide are, are probably they can feel pretty safe. <laughs> I always I always hesitate to say safe when it comes to disease. So like like you guys talked about earlier, um, you know, that rainfall that we got last week could be a game changer for some depending on what kind of conditions they have. But yes, yeah, for the most part, that single application is going to help you. Um, like with any application, it's all about timing. So hopefully you were able to hit it right when that tar spot was coming on. But if you are in the case that now it's coming on after that first fungicide application, if you are still not past R3, that's when it can be considered. But yes, just, just in that high disease environment is where I would consider that. So if we find tar spot in our fields, what does that really mean for future? So for the future, there's really three strategies I would emphasize. One being rotate, so staying away from corn followed by corn. Second being hybrid selection. So we're still learning about how different hybrids fare against tar spot. So working with, you know, your seed dealer this fall, uh, end of the season here, when you're selecting seed for the following year to make sure you do have resistance where it's available. So none of our hybrids are 100% resistant against tar spot, but there are some that do have some partial resistance that can help us out. So rotating crop, selecting a resistant hybrid when possible. And then third, if you're able to manage residue. So we do know that this pathogen can overwinter in our fields in that residue. And the better we can manage that residue, the less of that inoculum or pathogen that's going to be lurking the next time we have corn in that field. And don't think about it just as that field. So if you have a neighboring field from that one that did have tar spot this year, also prioritize that one for next year um, for scouting and hybrid selection and residue management since the spores can travel in the wind to an adjacent field. And do you have recommendations offhand on fungicides that are effective or how effective are different fungicides that we're currently using? In general, a multiple mode of action fungicide is going to be the best. So, you know, a Veltima, Revitex, something that's going to give you um, more than one mode of action overall is going to be the best against tar spot. And then, like I mentioned earlier, targeting from tasseling to R2, typically that's the one, that's the range that gives us um, the best chance of having that fungicide pay and manage the disease the best. Um, but with tar spot, if you have flexibility in your spray program, it really works best if you can get that out there and scout. And once you see it, then then going out and, and putting that application on. So you mentioned being out this morning, and I know you are out scouting quite a bit, um, research projects and otherwise. Uh, what else are you seeing in cornfields um, disease-wise or any other anomalies? Yeah, so on the disease side, um, some gray leaf spot, but what I've seen low to moderate levels and even lesser so for northern corn leaf blight. Low insect pressure from what I've seen um, and some clean fields weed-wise as well. Really the only anomaly I'm seeing is just a lot of second years. So I'm not sure if that corn plant was just stressed early on and, you know, put the signal to, hey, I got to put all my resources behind guaranteeing that I've got the next generation ready to go and putting those kernels on. Um, 
but hopefully we can get the rainfall and right temperatures that we need to finish up grain fill period. And who knows, maybe some of those second years that we are seeing will actually um, make harvest. Yeah, that's something you know I've seen as well. So it's going to be really interesting as we finish off this season. Steph, do you have any resources you'd like to share that our listeners can look into to learn more? So always recommend subscribing to the corn newsletter if any listeners haven't done so already. So during the season, you would get uh, email digests of different extension articles and resources once a week to your inbox. And also the Ohio State Agronomy YouTube channel and our Twitter and Facebook page also spread out that information as well. And for TARSPOT specifically, a Crop Protection Network is a coalition of multiple state specialists for corn, soybean, and wheat, and really great resources from multiple states on fungicide efficacy, what kind of yield impact we can have from TARSPOT and current research that's coming out on what kind of resistance do we have in hybrids, and then also what's the impact of maturity or relative maturity and planting date on tar spot levels in those fields. So encourage folks to to head over to that crop protection network site as well. It's a great resource. All right, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us today. I think this is some great information and should set our growers up for success as they're looking for tar spot. Hey, thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Amanda. Thanks for listening to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. Join us again in two weeks for our next episode. Hey, podcast listeners, just a reminder to give us a like or subscribe so you know when we release new episodes. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to leave us a review also. We appreciate the comments.